0: Hi everybody, it's Charlie here. Thanks all for tuning into the After Credibles. This is just a quick little episode where we chat about the epic Captain Marvel, which we recorded before the release of Avengers Endgame. But now that one's out, we're just throwing this one your way for a bit of fun before our next episode. We were all in the same room for this one, which is why you'll hear a difference in the microphones, but just sit back and relax. We'll be back for more non-credible reviews and commentary with more episodes soon.
1: Watch out, ye listeners! Beware, uh, there be spoilers
2: ahead.
0: Hello and welcome to the After Credibles, the movie discussion podcast where the least credible people you know discuss everything in the world of cinema. My name's Charlie Rogers and today on the show we have Alex Conway, Sally Spicer and newcomer Caroline Tapper. Welcome onto the show.
1: Hey, Thanks, Charlie.
0: Hey. Today we are all together live and we are going to go over the latest film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. We've just come back from the cinema and it's still fresh in our minds and we are going to do a quick episode to chat about what we thought, and maybe even how it'll fit into the upcoming mega blockbuster, Avengers Endgame. So, Sally, what were your first thoughts?
3: About it, or about how it links to Endgame? Oh, just, or... about, just about the movie. I really liked it. Um, I liked how much um, it kind of set up... What we were going to be seeing in Endgame, I felt like there were a lot of things they were setting up where we were kind of guessing. And I think when you have a time jump, it's always good because there were a lot of themes where I think they left a lot of doors open. I really liked Brie Larson. She was really, really good. Um, I liked how they flipped it on its head, spoiler alert. I liked how Jude Law was evil in the end because, I mean, Jude Law should always be evil. Agreed. If we can go that way, <laughs> probably.
2: Have you recently seen him in white Speedos?
3: <laughs> no, but I have seen him nannying. What? <laughs> um, no, I, I actually I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. Um, sometimes I feel like films where um, it's it's a female who is – powerful they can go a little bit overboard with how powerful they are and they make it a little bit tokenistic where they're like everyone look at me I'm powerful which is important but sometimes it can read as a bit of a novelty so I thought yeah I, I thought it was good I thought she earned it like Brie Larson liked everyone in it um loved as everyone in this room already knows Loved that Nick Fury lost his eye because a cat scratched him. <laughs> a a cat what was the animal? A
0: FLUGEN.
3: FLURGEN, FLUGEN. Loved that. Flergen. Amazing. Yeah, I just thought it was um good. Lots of little Easter eggs.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. And Caroline, what were your thoughts?
1: Um I also super enjoyed the film, which as Alex will contest, um, I'm not hugely into the Marvel universe mostly because my attention span isn't so great. Um, And usually it gets to kind of like the last third, the final kind of set piece, and I've pretty much checked out by then. But I was present and paying attention for the entire movie. Loved Brie. I'm a huge Brie Larson fan, and I also recently watched The Unicorn Store on Netflix that she directed and really enjoyed that as well. Um, As a child of the 90s and as the oldest person here, I really really loved all the mid to late 90s references and when it was set like i just that meant a lot to me and all the riot girl stuff that was in there i was like it was super cool um probably maybe my favorite maybe from the marvel universe so far oh
2: wow yeah. It's glowy. I
3: mean, to be fair, she's just admitted she saw like two-thirds of the rest of it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she's only seen the ones that I've taken her to and the ones five, I've shown it.
1: Five stars, it kept me awake. <laughs>
2: it kept me awake and there was 90s
0: music every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah,
1: great. Right, exactly. Tick, tick. You know, strong female lead. Yeah. I'm there.
0: That's what Guardians of the Galaxy was missing. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't, I can't criticise that. Everyone knows yeah. what I'm like about Ant-Man. So yeah. <laughs> going to be happy with my uh, novelties.
2: Uh, Alex, what did you think? It's good. Like, I like the themes applied in it. It's very good. It's not, it's not like, best up there.
1: What would be your favourite out of them all?
2: Out of them all, it is Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, it was cool. Just because I of... I like spies. Spies are cool. And the Winter Soldier is great, and, like, I really like the comic sleeper book.
3: Sleeper agents are always going to be a winner.
2: Yeah. Oh, mate, you can't be a good sleeper <laughs> agent. Like, I th- thought it picks up... As soon as she lands on Earth, it gets better. everything outside of earth like me well after the first time me and Charlie saw it we started watching it and when we were I think like 20 minutes into it I turned to Charlie and was like have we missed half an hour of it (laughs) because as soon as Brie Larson comes on like okay cool all right I know all right we're on an alien planet and why are Jude her and Jude Law talking like we know everything
1: maybe they were just trying not to spoon feed people quite as much as they generally spoon people.
2: that fair enough and i get the whole playing with memories and yeah. being lost and losing your memory but like what the fuck was a central intelligence <laughs> that is not explained like there is text on the screen that it's artificial intelligence so it's a giant computer that runs a a world i thought
3: that was assumed though i mean i didn't even (sighs) think it was a computer i just assumed maybe it was some like great deity yeah that was linked into you like that's that's meant to be nebulous i think i don't think it really
2: mattered yeah
3: Yeah.
0: I i think a lot especially a lot of these either standalone movies or ones where they're catching up from a previous one yeah they um especially in those marvel cinematic universe movies they're always uh, finding newer ways I think to fast forward Through all of that stuff So they can just get straight to it And they, to- yeah. they totally fast forwarded Through all of the alien intro stuff
3: Which was funny I thought they set it up um, Within like the first five minutes They'd introduce like three different tropes oh. And then they kind of like fast forwarded through them And then got to the rest of it It was like oh okay cool so, They kind of did didn't they Like you know it was like the you know, lost childhood memories You know little lost girl The great all-knowing power, the you know paternal mentor, yeah, Yeah. paternal mentor. It was like, okay, so we've got our trope set up. Now tell me what's happening. (laughs) Like they, yeah, they did rush through it. I think you're right. Mm.
0: But I agree with you. I think once she hits Earth, uh, the, the movie really opens up. And I think that's when you start seeing the relationships that she has with other people that start making the movie really interesting yeah. and special. Yeah. I mean, her relationship with Jude Law I didn't think was anything particularly special. I think no. as a mentor, he was a bit shoddy and as a bad guy. Also, <laughs> he
3: as a, a mentor, after six years, if you don't feel comfortable setting the boundaries of a mentee not waking <laughs> you up in the middle of the night and asking <laughs> to fight, you're a bad
2: mentor.
0: <laughs> um, I loved that Ben Mendelsohn was a good guy for what. Oh my God, and, no and no. I love that it was almost a twist, like he was the token bad guy, mm-hmm. and then suddenly the movie almost does this whole 180 on who the good guys are and the bad guys are,
2: and um yeah, he suddenly turns into this kind of lovable uh sidekick guy. Do you think during production or like the first like table read, he just went straight in with the Australian accent?:
1: He sounded like um whichever Hemsworth is in them? Chris? Chris. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The big, taller one. The big one. I always,
1: I get everyone mixed up. Spoiler
2: alert, Caroline asked me at the end, like during the post-credit sequence, she's like, which Chris is,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which Chris is that? Too many Chris's.
2: There is a lot of Chris's.
3: you always want the option of the movie being able to be a monster of the week film, because the mm. biggest criticism I have heard from people where I've gone, Oh my God, are you seeing Endgame? Are You, you know, have you watched this? blah. Yeah, the yeah. they've gone, Oh, there are just so many. I don't feel like I can catch up. Mm. It's yeah. like people are just, you know, it, it's it's like game of Thrones. We're like, you know, season what the final season's about to begin. If you haven't seen season 1, like it's amazing, but you're not going to sit through all of it. It's no, too you daunting. Can't punch it out. Like, no. It's
2: I know a marathon effort.
0: I know people that have seen all of Game of Thrones and they're like, "Oh, I got to like I got to watch a, a catch up just to yeah, it's been know, two years. just to be worthy. Right I'm not yeah. worthy unless I ab- actually remember everything." Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, I feel like that's the biggest uh, criticism ahead of Endgame is people being like it's just too involved. There are too many plot points, too many who's alive, who's dead? Who's but growing who. The good
2: thing about it is, like, the cast is super smaller than what it was <laughs> in Infinity War. Infinity War was like, you have. For all the wrong it's reasons. A, it's, it's,
3: it's exactly half <laughs> as large. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but they
0: gained Paul Rod.
2: They gained yeah. Paul Rod, so. Yeah.
3: Yep. <laughs>
0: He's
2: 50 now. Oh, yeah, he I heard aged. that. He has not he aged. aged. He, he bathes is. in virgin's blood.
3: Oh, 100%. He drinks nothing. <laughs>
2: How do you think um, the dynamics were with everybody? Because Brie and Samuel L. Jackson's chemistry was, like, good. And they've, like, I've noticed them during, like, press that they're really sort of chummy and friendly and they get along. And they were in... He's in the unicorn store. He's in the unicorn store. Yeah. And they seem like really good friends. Like, they seem like they got along super well and... I think yeah I think their relationship dynamic was great
0: yeah I think it was one of the most endearing parts of the movie uh, especially because uh, seeing his fury is really the only connecting part to the wider universe seeing how he was in it well yeah, but Colton wasn't really in it that much. He didn't actually yeah, say all that much. Cool, I guess. Yeah, but um
3: <laughs> his eyebrows said a lot though. <laughs> yeah.
0: But especially especially it's like a different fury. He's less grouchy, he's less reserved, he's yeah, actually yeah. kind of open with Carol. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting coming into endgame, seeing how people react to how chummy that i mean i'm not even sure if carl's well, even Fury's going to meet gone, fury. yeah i don't know if they're they're even going to meet or, or they'll have to be a scene if they save the day i don't yeah, know what's yeah. going to happen but like it'll be interesting i mean you could imagine a world where cap and black widow think that they know fury better than anyone else in the world and then this intergalactic superwoman just shows up and is just like oh we're best friends yeah, From yeah, the nineties, yeah. you, you you wouldn't know. You know how
2: he lost that eye. I know how he lost yeah. that eye. I think it would be quite it's interesting. It's not how
3: he told you. It sucks. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Kitty litter man. That's how you lose an eye. Yeah,
0: it was not fighting off Hydra with one arm. And yeah, yeah, no. I like,
3: hope that they don't, and I, I don't think they will. But I hope. I really liked their dynamic, but when I saw how. Insane her powers were. I was very fearful that when she comes in, she's going to be a last minute addition, yeah. and she's just going to absolutely monster everything.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's a it's a worrying thought. I think just seeing how powerful it is—that is.
2: Superman fear.
3: She's right. so imba.
2: There's, right, I know you guys haven't seen Justice League, but it was. I don't, I
3: don't hate myself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't worry, me and Charlie do. Me and Charlie, we had ourselves. All right, the whole thing was like, oh, Superman finally comes back and is like fighting this giant space god called Steppenwolf. And it's just like, oh, you can't hurt me and just grabs a fist and just punches him. And it's like, well, what can you do against a person who is unstoppable? It's like, it is, a you are versing a god.
1: Um, but I did enjoy in kind of that final fight scene where um, all the... Scrolls? Scrolls? scrolls scrolls are like kind of escaping and she's fighting off everyone and there's like eight of them trying to get at her and she just like punched the oh, ground or whatever she did and just yeah. got rid of it really quickly and i because part of me was like oh here's the annoying fight scene where conveniently she fights them all off one at a time even but though yeah. she could just punch something and make them disappear yeah for me that was really satisfying <laughs> yeah not to have to sit through a poorly written. Well, I'm actually really
3: excited to see how she matches up against Thanos because obviously having the like all of the stones makes you literally the most imba person in the whole universe. Yes. Like that gives you every advantage ever. So I'm super excited to see how that goes with her.
0: I do share your concerns, Alex, but. I remember thinking the exact same thing about Thor before the Avengers movie had even come out mm. because when back I mean back then when they're like oh there's a god he can fly he can shoot thunder out of people and he has a hammer that's indestructible and only he can touch yeah. like right. they they were able to bring that back to a realistic place where
2: he wasn't just too powerful I think that Yeah but they set him up coming into it not being as powerful like he'd lost his hammer yeah oh
0: but yeah but then he gained it again and then coming you know like coming into a, a threat where he's better than everyone else i yeah. think they i think they did a good job of like making sure that yeah. wasn't the case and i have faith I in the, the producers whole series is
3: them tempering things to make sure they're not
2: Yeah. All.
1: Something I really appreciated and enjoyed as someone who's not hasn't seen all the movies, hasn't really read many of the comic books, just a couple. Um, I enjoyed seeing that early version of Nick Fury and learning how he came to be. I found that really, really interesting. Yeah, it was great. Yeah,
2: his backstory is pretty.
0: And, yes. w- and one thing is one thing that really struck me both times watching it was how good was the. De-aging CGI, oh, it's. Amazing. I would yeah. I would go and just and call it flawless.
2: Like yeah. you forget, you completely forget that that is not no, a sixty go. or so fury. You it's, click, yeah, you check it first, and you're, oh wow, that looks really good. Then after. A minute or two, you just go. Oh, yeah, this is how it's going to be for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah.
3: Do you think on the press it. tour when he was, you know, looking his age, and then he'd, they'd watch the movie, they be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get."
0: And sometimes <laughs> when he would move, uh, he kind of he kind of looked like a young man in an old man's body. Kind of we, like, oh. in, in a, he, was, he had these kind of. Uh, I, I remember the first time I watched it, I, I felt like I was probably eyeing it off too much, but noticing that some of the fight scenes, you you could kind of imagine that it was he an
3: old use guy. Did walk? For a little bit too much. <laughs>
0: yeah, it that was boy. like
2: a little bit of a swagger, like a younger person's swagger to him, like a big, like, hip shoulder yeah. sort of <laughs> a swing, you
0: know, yeah. just a couple of whites. wides. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but he really, it pulled together extremely well. He mm-hmm. could easily, I, I, would, I, would, I would love to watch that movie with a kid who didn't know who Samuel L. Jackson was and then tell them after the movie that that was actually a 60-year-old person.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. this is yeah. just sentimental, but I have to say that I bloody loved that because when ben Mendelssohn when that character got shot i was like okay so he's gonna die and he just met his child and yeah. oh like god damn it why do they always do this to us and i was so <laughs> ready damn, to be like character. i was i was absolutely not invested in this character like he, he, was, he was fine yeah exactly um but the fact that he survived i was actually chuffed on
0: yeah the fact that you weren't invested
3: no, I'm, no, I'm no, no 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 I like oh. no 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 I liked him yeah, but yeah. you know I'm not going to cry in the same way that I'm gonna cry when, you know, someone died in you know, the last in like Infinity War. Uh, I'm not gonna cry in the same way. I'm gonna I'm be disappointed
0: i got to say, I really felt for him by the end of it. When he got shot, I was just like, oh, you're kidding me. He went through so much and then it's done. But
3: Maybe it's just the Joss Whedon effect. As someone who's (laughs) always watched Buffy, I'm always ready for anyone I like to die.
1: (laughs) Always. On that point, thank you for bringing up Buffy. But getting back to like the mid 90s of it all, part of me as a, a longtime Buffy fan, I almost felt like there was so much spirit of Buffy in Captain Marvel like in Carol Danvers like the sassiness the like high moral code the emotiveness like the resourcefulness all that kind of stuff I was like oh it's just it was made me really happy yeah like it felt less like virtue single
3: signaling like not that I don't love Buffy to death but Mm. sometimes it's a bit like oh, here's her moral code, let's contrast it to someone who's willing to save the world in unfortunate ways that, you know, don't meet that code. Whereas this, it was just like, I'm a bad bitch and I'm going to punch you and that's fine. Yeah. And it was great.
1: Yeah, but even like, and when it was like when she was finding out the truth about herself and that she'd been lied to and the villains were the heroes and the heroes were the villains... That that whole thing, I was like... I mean, Ben Mendelssohn's a good guy that threw us all for a loop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Never expected it. No. No. Yeah. It's got to be the first one he's ever played.
3: Honestly, the biggest twist in the whole universe.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he might come back. I'm sure if he comes back, I'm sure there'll be time for him to become a bad guy again.
3: You know what I noticed, I thought, at the start of it? Did you guys think that when they had the um the group, when they were going in the tactical team, right. they're going into the plant, did you feel like that guy who was super stoic, did you feel like they were trying to make him... What that wrestler guy is in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Drax, yeah. did you feel I had like that? little trying comedy, to... yeah. comedy yeah. stick
2: yeah, did... at the. I'd never I noticed that the first time we watched it. I felt like they were trying to channel They that. tried to, yeah, yeah definitely tried it, to. It
3: really
2: didn't stick for me. No, it was funny. He wasn't fine. It was fine. It. It was fine. It yeah, he wasn't yeah. a character. Like, we knew him from another movie where he wasn't that. Yeah. He had the oh. one funny line at the start of Guardians. I remember that, yeah. But. Other than that, he was just a B character. His best
0: line was at the end of Guardians, actually, when he when he actually referred to him as Star Lord. Uh, he's like, "We're Star Lord," and then and then he was really happy. So, just a backstory: he is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no so way. we've we've seen that character twenty years in the future to oh, the present and day. calls
3: him Star Lord. He's supercharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he,
0: he he like him him and Peter Quill have a relationship as of I guess the present day. So I think okay. that's why him being in there and having a mm. bit of. Uh, humorous um,
2: discussion. Yeah, Because I felt like they were to trying to make him a Drax,
3: and I was like, does Yeah, doesn't,
2: doesn't yeah mean, it definitely it felt that Drax yeah. sort of bleed effect. Yeah,
1: sort of. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, but I think it was just that humorless kind of element of it, yeah, because electronic. that's that's what he was kind of like in Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: And well, to be a foil to her like sass and yeah, she's you know, human light-heartedness. everyone else is a
3: humorless robot Yeah,
1: interested
0: in that is a good point that's the first time you see other cree other than Jude law so you want to yeah. see who who's normal here is is carol normal or is jude just a humorless you know yeah. guy like and you realize that it's it's carol that's the outlier in the cree cree society
2: come in and be comic book nerdy <laughs> but i am a little like bummed that they made sort of the scrolls to be the good guys like just the ref- in the comic books, they are evil as fuck. Ooh. Really. There's a really good, like, major event called the Secret War. No, Secret Invasion. It was probably one of my favourite ones, like, done by Bendis and Lionel Yu. And it was... The Skrull have pretty much... They've been doing it for years. They've been picking out certain heroes or certain people in the government and trading them out and putting their own in. So, like, in the comic so ant-man's taken out and replaced with one of a scroll and it's been doing it for years and nobody knows and nobody can tell and it's just this whole fled invasion and takeover of earth and it's like oh man this is like good setup and everything leads to this one giant big battle but i'm like oh i want that did were you surprised
3: when the scrolls were
2: good guys i was actually because you would
3: have seen it and been like oh i know stuff these guys exactly no i got the insight
2: They, it was li- like said though the scrolls are the bad guys and like fuck yeah we're gonna get some good like shape shifting body morphing. Someone
3: and it- turn into Paul Rudd immediately.
2: Yeah. yeah, everybody be somebody, everybody be heroes, and it's like oh, I'm sort of a little
3: bit bummed. A wasted opportunity. It's people who can, uh, you know, morph into someone else would yeah. want to use it for good and not
2: evil. Yeah, that would be <laughs> the perfect um sleeper agent. That would be a perfect sleeper agent big, massive movie to do with all scrolls just all
0: over the Earth. And it makes sense that they'd go for Ant-Man first, because he's obviously the best Avenger, so... <laughs> um, I have heard, though, spoiler alert for post-endgame content, but I've heard that the Russo brothers only want to come back if they can bring Amazing. secret invasion into the MCU
3: oh no way yeah
0: and I'm sure they could do it I mean I think what was interesting about this movie was that you learn that there are the noble Kree that have these cool armor and they have the central intelligence but then there's also the weird Kree like Ronan the Accuser who we know is a kind of Bizarre, aggressive zealot yeah. From Guardians of the Galaxy so there, And he's blue, like he's blue Jude Law looks normal, there are different Kinds of people within Kree There might be different kinds of people within Skrull And some might be evil and some might be nice Like yeah. I think it could make sense
3: Colour coding is a hell of a plot <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <it makes> <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't have all data read Into this stuff, I just want colour different, <laughs> Blue people, green Red people Red equals
3: bad, blue equals good, <laughs> green equals Sick <laughs>
0: yeah. Very sick, sick or, or or, or metamorphosis.
3: Why not?
0: Let's talk music. Uh, we, <laughs> we almost started a discussion before recording, but we had to taper it so we could do this on air. Caroline, what are your thoughts on music in movies?
1: Well, I think I think Charlie, actually, you and I are probably on the same page. Re, if we think about. Guardians of the Galaxy and that kind of gimmicky aspect of the 70s rock and roll, all that kind of stuff. Like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Like, yes, yes, Alex. Oh my God, he looks like he's in so much pain.
2: With that, at least it was tied to his past, and that's what his mum listened to, and that's what he carried yeah. around with him. And it sort of it had like an emotional heart to it, and that's why he always had the Walkman.
1: Like... Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, you know how I feel about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like, I don't like, even like, think I've like, made it through the whole movie. What is it? I super enjoyed the music choices in Captain Marvel um, tying back again to that whole, like, they weren't riot girl bands because it wasn't, like, L7 or Bikini Kill, but just that, like, yeah. real, like, the mid to late 90s was actually a kind of amazing time for girl power. Love and love how many female voices there were. Strong, they, they were all female singers and, yeah. like, right. strong female rock stars and female roles on television, and then it got to the aughts and everything just went to shit. So I I loved that. Like, yeah.
0: I'm not... So I'm not a huge fan of 90s music. I wasn't when I was a kid. I mean, I was only like seven, but Charlie I still... Charlie
3: was a humorless, humorless child. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Doom and gloom. I, I, I would have loved Nine Inch Nails if I had been old enough yeah. to be able to oh, listen God. to them. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I... I I I sit on I sit on both sides of the fence with this. I used to hate tacked on pop music of any, mostly seventies and eighties, just put into movies. I really used to hate it, but I think I've come around because if it's done in movies that are really enjoyable, and Alex said, you know, there's um. There might be a character reason that they've written in why it's relevant. I think that it can work really well. And I generally do like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So I just kind of enjoy the music they use. And I think they selected a good track list for those movies that just make them kind of enjoyable.
3: Mm. And I think in both cases, it was good. Like, it's very easy to forget when you're not looking at a computer monitor. It's taken a million years to load something. That
1: it was meant to be set in the 90s. So I think having those was a good little reward. That's what she would have been listening to. She would have been listening to to Garbage and No Doubt and all those bands. Yeah.
0: I thought the use of um, Nirvana Um, was a little yeah why is the
2: central intelligence yeah why central
0: intelligence using nirvana but like like, come as
2: you are and it's like oh god
0: guys that's really on the nose and and then like it's it's
3: it's a message that she's she has learned to accept herself okay (laughs) but
0: they
1: like she's
3: coming as she is
1: wasn't it because the what was it the central intelligence Mm. the central intelligence was in that scene as the central intelligence and not as the doctor dr lawson
3: None of it. It was all very conscious. Like it was
2: all very. No, yeah. It's very clean out. Um, if there's one trope we can get rid of, can it be every Vietnam movie playing... Um, uh, no. John Mellencamp? No. No. No, it's not John
1: Mellencamp. No,
2: it's... it's um, hey no. Um, no. So what's that song? It was on um Kong Skull Island. They were playing it and it's like... Doo-doo. Doo-doo. Do-do.
3: Oh. oh yeah, let it be. No. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, all you.
0: I, I'm just gonna step so. in and say Vietnam soundtrack. Oh, Creedence Clearwater.
3: Yeah, Creedence.
2: So. They always fucking play Creedence Clearwater every Vietnam movie, and it's like,
0: no, guys, Vietnam soundtracks, it's... no, are the best. They're the no. best. This- no.
2: All right, you they're all the, the fucking game. same. They are all the fucking same. Br- no,
0: I love, I love the, the Vietnam soundtrack trope. Oh I love the wow. kinds of music they play. It's a
2: trope.
0: Yeah, oh hell yeah, it's a trope, yeah, and a trope. I love it. It's so good.
2: Sorry, <laughs> I'll defend just, that.
1: All right, well, everyone can get fucked, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Oh man, that's beautiful, Sally. Don't all ever right. change. Sally.
0: All right, let's wrap it up. How did we find Captain Marvel on a rating of uh, zero to good? <laughs> 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 on a rate, <laughs> on a rating of bad to good, bad being non credible, bad being the best, no. I'm moderate kidding. being moderately credible and great being incredible. Sally, how would you rate Captain Marvel? You know
3: how I feel about this rating scheme, but um, if if we're going from those three options, I would probably say incredible. I, to be fair, I actually wasn't expecting a lot just out of fear how I've seen film franchises treat female superheroes before. Mm. Um,
1: So, yeah, incredible, I would say. Yeah, I'm with Sal. Like, it was incredible. And as I mentioned earlier, it has been my favourite so far of all the Marvel movies that I've seen.
2: Medium. It's getting better. From the second viewing, it's a lot better than the first. The first was a bit like, what? (laughs) But it is better. I think it got better for the second viewing.
0: I'm going to say moderately credible as well. Um, I do uh, think that there probably won't be much bringing me back to it, say when it goes to Netflix or, or, or DVD, the same way that a lot of the standalone movies have recently for me. I think it's just uh, has the same problem as Ant-Man 2 in which I really just had to watch it to watch Endgame and usually I don't watch MCU movies as they're in the cinema. So I was just watch it, get out of the way, get ready for Endgame, just the same way we did for Ant-Man. I'm ready for more.
1: I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but I think the one thing that Captain Marvel did, and that I'm finding more movies are doing recently, which I really like, um, they're starting to tick a lot of the diversity boxes. Yeah, like you good. think about who all the, the heroes of that movie are. Um, and if we don't count Ben Mandelson as a white man, because he's playing an he's alien. He's a green man. He's a green man. Yeah. Like there was no white man as a hero. In that film. And that's amazing. And it makes me really happy. Definitely passes the Bechdel test, which is comforting. Exactly. Exactly. And when you have, like, a woman being a hero and, like... She didn't even have a love interest, did she? She didn't have a love interest. It's amazing. Like... Even in Wonder Woman, they don't they shoehorn in some kind of like mm-hmm. hinted at romantic past? But it's like...
2: Yeah, they, hint, they shoehorn in like a lesbian romantic past and then they shoehorn in Chris Pine. Yeah. Like that was yeah. kind of nice though. There was yeah. bits of Wonder Woman that I liked, but that third act was fucking garbage.
1: But it's it's um, so like, it's such a good point. It's so rare to see a movie about a woman that doesn't involve a romantic relationship with a man. Yeah, as part sure. something that moves the story along. And
0: I also liked that the diversity quota was filled in a in a kind of respectful way where the characters were really fleshed out and had really bonding and meaningful relationships.
2: I still want a better representation behind the camera. I know we had a female director this time, yeah. but it was also a male. Yeah. They shared co-directors with it. Yeah. But they've done, they've worked before in the past, which is good. They're like, they're a team. I'm not too sure if they're actual life partners, but I still want that female or more diversity coming in I want more diversity more diversity is fine it's good people who complain about diversity are little children get over it
3: I've never had a child complain about diversity (laughs) All
2: right. alright well
0: that's all we have time for today thank you all for listening to the After Credibles your least credible movie podcast and thank you to the team for coming together to do this quick Captain Marvel episode Alex, Caroline and Sally
1: woo Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. If you like the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or send us some feedback. We are on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. And I have good news. We are now also on Spotify. So look us up. I know. So look us up and add us to your playlists. Please rate and review us, and you can hear from us next time when the team tackles Avengers Endgame. I'm Charlie Rogers, and we hope you enjoyed the After
1: Credibles.